into every generation, a champion is born. One contestant in all the world. A chosen one. They alone will wield the strength and skill to fight the arcane knowledge and the torture of the hot seat to stop the spread of the ignorant and the swell of their number. They are the champion. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning as many points for the episode as they can. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to beat my guest. So let's give a warm welcome to Kelsey Barkham. Kelsey, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing just fine and dandy. It's not your first rodeo here. You've been in a hot seat before, but you know, not everybody listens to every episode. So, uh, you know, you may be new to some people, and that's cool. Uh, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to your new friends and uh, maybe tell them a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and uh, why you do the things you do? Well, first of all, everyone should listen to every episode. So, if you're not, go back and listen to them all again. But my name is Kelsey Barkham. I live in Aurora, Colorado, and I am a biomedical scientist. That means you do smart stuff. I try. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Well, Kelsey, uh, you know the rules of the regular game, but uh, we're doing something a little different this season. As most of you know by now, we are about halfway through our first annual beat my guest tournament to determine a grand champion of the season of the year someone who will remember 2020 fondly something good's got to happen this year right (laughs) uh and you will be contestant uh number nine kicking off the second half of things top six scores we're gonna move on to our semifinals so the bar has been set all you got to do is beat that bar we're not going to quibble or worry about your score just do the best you can uh, i do know that tim edwards fate hangs in the balance as he is currently sitting on that last number six spot in the standing so uh you know no pressure just just knock out one of my sons of anarchy teammates it's okay <laughs> well, i would love to knock out tim but seems unlikely you never know anything can happen and it usually does it's, it's wednesday it's surprise day here on on the mickey mouse club uh first things first uh first question is always going to be this that or the other kelsey here is how that works i'm going to give you the names of three categories and then after i give you those categories i'm going to read off a list of 10 items for each item that you can correctly place in the proper category you will receive one point however be Careful! Some items, in fact, fit multiple categories. As such, you will only get your point if you correctly state all of the categories in which that item fits. Two things I am going to uh, take a solemn oath and promise to you. Uh, Number one, each item does fit at least one category. There are no shenanigans in that regard. I'm not going to pull the wool over your eyes, the rug out from under your feet, and say, Ha ha! It's none of them! You fool! No, none of that. It's fair play for all of them. And also, these 10 items are being pulled at random from a larger list of options, so don't try and 
try and game theory your way out of this just because a lot of them come from one category doesn't mean the next one can't come from it too it's all a game of chance randomly chosen you pick some random numbers that gave you these questions i pick some random numbers that pick the items it's it's so random (laughs) (laughs) all right are you ready to hear your categories i am ready all right category number one for you kelsey is superman as in clark kent as in, these will all be people who have portrayed Superman. Okay. Number two, that, your category is Canterbury Tales. These will be named tales from the Canterbury Tales. And the other is Proposed U.S. States. These are names of states from the United States that do not exist, but at one time or another were proposed by people and uh, gain some momentum in that regard. Superman, Canterbury Tales, proposed U.S. states. Are you concerned? Are you ready? <laughs> um, yes and yes. Excellent. Then my work is uh, moving smoothly <laughs> and appropriately so. All right, Kelsey, one last thing before we get started. Uh, this is an audio round only, so uh, you know, your hearing uh, and figuring out the spellings of these things is all on you. I'm not spelling anything because homophones are certainly welcome to uh, have words or items fit in multiple categories. All is fair in this, that, or the other. With that in mind, let's kick things off with number one. Number one, Sequoia. Sequoia. Um, that sounds like it can be a U.S. state. Um, it's certainly a national park, and it doesn't particularly sound like a name or something that would have been around in the Canterbury Tales, so I'm going to go with proposed U.S. states alone. Proposed U.S. state is correct. One point for you. Well done. Woo-hoo. Yes. See, it's not going to be shut out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number two. Welling. 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 Uh, this is not ringing any bells for me, so I think I'm just going to have to uh, throw out a guess, and I'm going to say Superman, and only Superman. Superman, and only Superman is correct. That would be uh, Tom Welling from Smallville. Welling is correct for Superman. Two for two. Moving on. Franklin. Franklin. Okay. This, again, could kind of be anything. I will say Superman and Proposed U.S. States. Superman and Proposed U.S. States. I am sorry, Franklin uh, was no. not not a portrayer of <laughs> Superman. It uh, was a Proposed U.S. State. I believe it was the corner of Tennessee, northeast corner. At one point, wanted to go uh, go solo there. And uh, came very close, actually, uh, from from what I remember. It was it was like almost a done deal, and then there was a war or something, and suddenly they said, "Yeah, let's forget about it." Uh, but it was also <laughs> a Canterbury tale, the the okay. Franklin's tale. So uh, you were correct in your uh, assumption of a double there, but just not the correct one. Wow. No matter. We're going to move on to number four. Number four, Collier. Collier. I almost asked how it was spelled, but uh, I remembered I'm not allowed to do that. So. Collier, you know, I've never read the Canterbury Tales, to be honest. I'm not much of a comic book movie person, uh, but it could be either of those. So I'm just going to say Superman. 
Superman. We're, of course, referring to the radio uh, version of Superman played by Bud Collier back in the early, 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 early days. You are correct. Well done. Back on the winning side of things. Moving on to number five, Mansiple. Mansiple. Um, that's a pretty strange word. So I'm going to say just the Canterbury Tale. Indeed, just the Canterbury Tales. Emancipal is some sort of ancient Chaucer-esque word. (laughs) (laughs) Not bothering to look it up, but there was Emancipal's Tale. Indeed, Uh, halfway through this, that, or the other, you are four of five. Pretty well so far. We're going to move on to number six. Item number six is Miller. Miller. I'm pretty sure that's a Canterbury Tale. That's one that I do know. I think I know. Who knows if I know? You do. You say not to be in theory this, but whenever you come up with these, I feel like there has to be things in common for you to put these things together. So I'm going to say this is one that is in multiple categories, and I'm going to say a Canterbury tale and a Superman. Canterbury tale, correct. Superman, not correct. No, just the Canterbury tale. Yes. Then don't try and outthink <laughs> this. <laughs> uh, that's not how this game works. Uh, we get in your head and we stay there. Item number seven, moving along. Item number seven, Reeve. Reeve. So I'm guessing this is Christopher Reeve, the Superman. Um, I will say just Superman. Just Superman, unfortunately, is not correct. <laughs> There is also a Reeves tale from the Canterbury Tales. Ah, this was the Miller. This was, yes. I, I game theory too early. <laughs> uh, son of a... Uh, by the power of Kellel, we're going to move on to number eight here. <laughs> number eight is Heshlin. Um, this is another weird word, but it feels like not a Chaucer weird word and maybe an early U.S. weird word, so I'm going to say proposed U.S. state alone. Proposed U.S. state, not correct. Uh, Heshlin is the last name of the person who currently portrays Superman on the TV show Supergirl. Oh. A show I, I do didn't not know that was. <laughs> I thought that that would have been canceled right now. It very well might have been. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I know uh, I know that uh, a lot of TV shows are going to be canceled just because at this point. But uh, no, this, this show was, uh, from what I understand, doing quite well with the former Glee actress Melissa Benoist is Supergirl. Uh, I just like saying Melissa Benoist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, item number nine, Kane. Kane. Um, well, I guess this is Dean Kane, who I believe was a Superman. Um. And I'll say just Superman. Just Superman is correct. That is, of course, the politically savvy... <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dean Kane. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you're a real Superman. Anyway, uh, <laughs> your final item here. Let's finish on uh, a winning streak here, if we can. Okay. Item number 10, Summoner. Summoner. This is maybe a proposed U.S. state, if I think of, like, the Fort Summoner. So I'm going to say just U.S. state. Uh, I'm sorry, it is not. It is just a Canterbury tale. It is actually where where Sting got the idea for the name of his album, Ten Summoner's Tales, because Sting's (laughs) real name is Gordon Summoner. (laughs) 
not uh, not super great, but not horrible either. I mean, you know, fifty percent. Hey, you get fifty percent on beat my guest. You're cooking with gas. Not too <laughs> bad. Five points after the this that or the other. Uh, you know, it's. It's the first round. It's the warm-up. It allows me to ask you some things, just a little drop some knowledge in your direction, as I just did with that little sting tidbit. But I think turnabout is only fair play. I have tasked you with being prepared to share a little tidbit of your own. So, Kelsey, what do you know? Well, I'm always trying to brand myself as a weird dog person, so I've brought you a weird dog fact. So the Dolores Olmedo Museum in Mexico City is not only home to the largest collection of Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera paintings, but also maintains a pack of Sholowitz Quintleys. I know that you know what a Sholowitz Quintley is, but for all the listeners at home, it is a breed of dog that is culturally important in Mexico and is named after the Aztec god Xolotl. And is the only AKC registered breed that starts with the letter X. Yes, I uh, uh, I am aware of the. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to pronounce uh, the show. It's <laughs> but uh, the reason that I was already familiar with this actually is because uh, many of you know my son's name is Xander with an X, and uh, when we were teaching him the alphabet when he was very very young, you get those A to Z books with the animals and things like that. Mm. There are not a lot of X animals there, and a lot of them cheat by uh, saying, you know, just using an X-ray and saying, you know, X-ray fish or something like that. <laughs> but we found one book with uh, X is for Sholo, so <laughs> they, they shortened it. But it was it was the hairless dogs from Mexico. So there you go. <laughs> wow, it's the luck of the draw. Sholo, interesting. <laughs> uh, the more you Sholo, anyway. <laughs> Well done, well done. Uh, I love the, the, the exchange of knowledge here. We're going to move on now to the main course section of our game, which I call this week the main course section of our game. I don't have a catchy, pithy phrase. It's, it's, it's five questions. We know that much. Five questions. And I know I, I go over this every week, but some people just still can't get it. The first question is worth one point. Second question two points. Third question is going to be worth a maximum of three points. Fourth question, Kelsey, you with me on this? Four points. And the fifth question... You know, I'm more of a scientist than a mathematician, but <laughs> my best estimate would be five. 57.3 points, yes. No, five points! <laughs> yes, exactly right. It's an easy progression. So easy, a kid reading an A to Z alphabet book could figure it out. Uh... <laughs> Let us start things off with question one, which will be worth one point if you get it right. And I hope that you do. Here is your question. Japanese artist Kisuke Esu is likely best known, possibly only known, for a sculpture of Ubume type, which was shown at the Tokyo Art Show in 2016. What did most of the world end up calling this work of art, albeit not the artwork's correct name? This is not ringing any bells. So, uh, I know you like to have a through line through your questions, and maybe you are inspired by my cool dog fact. 
So I'm going to say the golden dog. The golden dog uh, is a fine, fine guess. Uh, <laughs> quite frankly, uh, you know, like I said, this is not your first time on the hot seat. So you do know I do like to try and uh, roll these things out with some sort of... Uh, through line. Uh, I think people who've been listening to the tournament as we've gone so far have uh, possibly noticed a through line uh, <laughs> through uh, everybody's episode. This is no difference. It's just not the through line that we're dealing with here. You know, this is the one point question, which, you know, is it hard for one? Sure, but it's also only one point. So, you know, not the end of the world here. Uh, Japanese artist Suke Eso put this uh, sculpture together. Ubume is a type of sculpture, apparently in Japan, uh, of pregnant women. Any sculpture that features a pregnant woman is called ubume. Um, this was a pregnant woman who had the uh, body of a bird. Uh, it was called Mother Bird. But the image of this was ghastly and went viral. A meme came out of it, and people thought that perhaps this was a possessed creature who was infiltrating okay. episodes of Peppa Pig. Uh, people were <laughs> challenging each other to commit suicide when they saw this creature. This is Momo. Yes, I didn't realize that that was a uh, sculpture. Yes, indeed. By an uh, artist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where it came from originally. Uh, we went from Sholo to Momo. Uh, that mm -hmm. was just like there. Sometimes, you know, whatever inspires me. Uh, the artist was so upset by the uh, uproar that uh, they destroyed the, the work of art. They didn't want it around anymore. So no longer exists. Except in the spirit world where it haunts where it hangs out with Slenderman and all of the yeah. other uh, boogeymen of <laughs> of modern day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's right there. It's Momo, it's Slenderman, it's Rudy Giuliani. They're all hanging out together. <laughs> all right. You didn't get that one, but yay, only one point. No biggie, no harm, no foul. We're going to move on to a question number two. Question number two, four, two points. Uh, a little more, uh, a little more gettable, perhaps. Not that that wasn't gettable, but you know, your mileage may vary. Who were the two men? Who appear on the cover of People's Sexiest Man Alive issues, hairless. In other words, Kelsey, who are the two men who were bald at the time that they won the honor of being named People's Sexiest Man Alive? Looking for two bald men. All of the men that I'm thinking of, I think, have hair. Um... No, Blake Shelton was up there for some reason, as well as his uh, friend from The Voice, Adam Levine, but they both have hair. Um, I don't remember The Rock being up there, um, although he sometimes has hair. Maybe Bruce Willis? Uh, not really my type, but you know, some people find him... Sexy. Sexy is alive seems a bit of a stretch for Bruce Willis. Um, I'm just trying to... <laughs> well, I mean, he fits the criteria of alive. <laughs> um, man, I'm really struggling thinking of bald men who would be on that cover. So I'll just go with Bruce Willis and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Bruce Willis and Dwayne The Rock Johnson is your answer... Well, a few years back, the smooth head of action star Dwayne The Rock Johnson did indeed appear on the cover of People magazine. Uh, unfortunately, Bruce Willis, though balding he is, did have hair <laughs> uh, throughout his most of his uh, run uh, of, of when, when he was considered, you know, 
sexy by some. I don't actually <laughs> think he ever was on the cover. But no, we we have The Rock and the star of the movie, The Rock, Sean Connery. Oh, interesting. Yes, the little internal connection there, The Rock and Sean Connery, star <laughs> of The Rock. Can not give you the points, but you're still on five. We still have plenty of game left to go, and we are going to continue that game now with Fungo, three of a kind. Here is how that Fungo works, Kelsey. As you know, I'm going to give you three different clues. Each of those clues, however, is going to point to the same singular answer. Uh, one of the clues is a little bit easier than the other two. One of the clues is eh, medium. One of them is harder. If you can guess it on the first clue, you'll get three points. If you need two clues, well, that'll be two points. If you need all three, that'll be one point. And, of course, if you don't get it all, you get no points. But uh, we don't want to talk about those things. Those are horrible things. We, we hope that doesn't happen. Uh, I could just, you know, give you the easy clue and, and make it real easy on you. But it, that's not fair uh, to all your competitors. So I'm going to let you pick, at random, of course, which of the three clues you want. A, B, or C, which, of course, no game theory. It ain't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take C for Kelsey. C for Kel C. Very good. <laughs> good luck. And here is your first clue. Name meaning bear. Name meaning bear. And while homophones are always in play in Fungo, when it comes to the clues for this, I am certainly able to spell them for you. Uh, in this case, I am talking about the animal. Name meaning bear. No, I didn't even think there could be another bear, but now that you're saying it, it makes sense. Um, so name meaning bear, I'm thinking it could be Ursa, or it could be Bern, B-E-R-N, Oso. Um, that might be the extent of what I can think of for bear at this point, so I'm going to say Bern. I am sorry, that is not the correct answer, but that's okay. It was one clue. You still get another couple of shots at this. Let's see if you can get it on clue number two. Would you like A or B? Well, my last name starts with B, so let's go with A. Oh, I see what you did there. You tried to switch, switch it up on me. Very nice. Kind of trickier. <laughs> oh my goodness. Let's see if this worked out for you. <laughs> clue A, housed at the hermitage. Okay, housed at the Hermitage. So that is a museum of art, I believe, in Amsterdam, if I'm remembering correctly. So it could be a some sort of a Dutch painter's work. So let's say Rembrandt. Rembrandt is not what I am looking for here. So let's move on to your final clue, which is B, which is uh, both begins and ends your last name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> clue B, your last clue, is Paul's partner. Paul's partner. That is the proper name, Paul, P-A-U-L. Paul's partner. Okay, and can you tell me which Paul? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> um, okay, Paul's partner. So this could be Paul McCartney. So maybe Stella. Paul, of course, from the Bible. I don't know if he had a partner. Um, let's just say 
Dave Paul's partner. I'm probably forgetting a Paul. Um, let's say Peter. Peter from the partnership with Peter, Paul, and Mary, perhaps. <laughs> uh, they were a thruple. <laughs> they were they were they were the first uh, popular thruple in America. <laughs> Trendsetters all. Uh, I am sorry if I had a hammer for every time. Uh, <laughs> did not get that right. What's what's killing me? And and it, it's killing me because you said the answer during your musings, oh, no. <laughs> which is just like I thought you were going to go there. Uh, the Paul in question here would be Paul Simon. Oh, art. Art. Yes, art. you said art. Hermit just says art, and then you went all specific mm -hmm. on me. <laughs> <laughs> art would have been enough, and art is the Celtic name for or a name in Celtic, which means bear or champion. Art was the answer. Well, nuts. Yeah, lie, 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 lie. <laughs> the boxer is a champion. Anyway, that, 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 that I hurt. I was forgetting a call. Well, yeah, 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 and may I say, yeah, Paul Newman and Robert Redford, perhaps? I don't know. There's Pauls out there. All right, you know what? You're stuck on five. We're going to shake out the five. We're going to shake the five. We still have plenty of game left, plenty of points left on the board. As you know, the scores can change quickly in this game. Let us see how quickly we can change it in your favor. Two questions left in core portion of the game with five questions in it. Uh, seriously, guys, come up with a come up with a nickname for this. Seriously, guys, I need it. Happy MG Pod. <laughs> We're struggling here. Uh, your four point question. Good luck. Here it is. For a brief time, Rocky Johnson, father of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, carried the world of wrestling on his shoulders. You see, Rocky Johnson was half of the. WWF Tag Team Champions for about five months in 1983. What I want to know from you is what was the name of Rocky Johnson's tag team partner? Well, uh, wrestling is kind of a uh, empty spot in my brain, so I think I'm just going to have to make something up here, so wrestlers of the 80s. Um, I think that's going to be too early for your Hulk Hogan or your Undertaker. So, I will say there's got to be a wrestler name somewhere in my head. That is a real thing, not just a complete invention. Uh, I'll just say Ric Flair. Ric Flair was indeed a wrestler. And uh, wrestling around that time. So, uh, yeah, kudos. <laughs> Give yourself a little pat on the back for that. Uh, I recognize that uh, not everybody's cup of tea is classic uh, 1980s WWF wrestling. And, yes, it was WWF back then uh, before the World Wildlife Fund sued them and made them change it to WWE. But there was, of course... Of course there was a clue hidden within the question here. I said that for a time he carried the world of wrestling on his shoulders... His tag team partner was Mr. USA, Tony Atlas. Tony Atlas. And Kelsey shrugged. <laughs> it, it was there. <laughs> it was, like I said, I, I, I'm devious, but I am fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kelsey, let's quit these shenanigans right here. Shenanigans, okay. quitting them right here. They're gone.
You're going to get this five-point question. I, Lionel, Lord of the Thundercats, command it. <laughs> I am not Lionel, Lord of the Thundercats, and I can't command anything, but I am rooting for you. Here is your five-point question. She appeared in the movie The Wrestler alongside Mickey Rourke and has appeared on television as a character named Dolores Abernathy. Who is this performer who landed on the Billboard Hot 100 for the first time in 2019? I need the full name of this person. I know this one for sure. <laughs> um, so Dolores Abernathy, of course, in Westworld. She is a host, does some badass stuff. And I think she was also in Across the Universe which is a movie I've seen more than anyone needs to see across the universe. <laughs> uh, but her name is Evan Rachel Wood. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood is your answer. Would you happen to know uh, oh, what singing uh, she did, which landed her on the Billboard Hot 100 chart for the first time in 2019? Oh, I do not. Well, luckily, that is not required for you to get your five <laughs> points, because those five points are headed your way. Indeed, and Rachel Wood, all you said is correct. Yes, tying back Dolores from Dolores Abernathy to your trivia tidbit about the name of the museum there. Uh, yeah, Evan Rachel Wood uh, had a duet with Adina Menzel uh, coming out of Frozen 2 called Show Yourself. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood played the mother character. And, uh, yeah, a little duet there. I did not see that. Uh, I did not either, which is why I'm going. But well done, yeah, you you got it right. Evan Rachel Wood is correct. Five points for you. Sometimes the random bits of knowledge pay off, and this time paid off in the biggest way possible. Five points. We're gonna double that five you had by adding the five to it. Gets you to ten points. Double digits. Huzzah! The game Ooh. is not <laughs> over. Nay, nay, nay. One final twist, as you know here, Kelsey. It is time for the final question of the game. That question, of course, is called the guillotine. We got the guillotine. We got the guillotine. You better run. We got the guillotine. We got the guillotine. You better run. Yes, one question will be before you, Kelsey. One answer is required. If you get this question right... I will double your score instantaneously and happily so, taking that 10 all the way up to 20 points. That would be a very nice way to end this game. If you get the question wrong, hey, no harm, no foul. Your score will stay exactly the same, and you'll still get to leave with your head held high and connected to your neck. <laughs> <laughs> In the twist, of course, the bad news, the but, if you will, if you don't come up with an answer at all, if you give an answer that does not properly fit into the question, so a.k.a. no sandbagging, or more likely would be the case, if you give the wrong answer that I have pre-selected as the guillotine answer, then it's off with your head, and your score will get chopped in half, and basically it'll be as if Evan Rachel Wood never happened. <laughs> <laughs> So, Kelsey, with all that in mind, are you ready? I think so. Ready or not, get that head in that little hole there. We're going to raise the blade. And here is your guillotine question. Which member of Monty Python was born first? Or in other words, 
Who would be the oldest member of Monty Python if they were all still alive? If they hadn't died or ceased to be? If they hadn't been pining for the fjords, raised up the curtain and joined the choir invisible? Who amongst the Monty Python group was born first? Kelsey, whenever you're ready. All right. I'm worried that I can only even name one or two members of Monty Python. Uh... Obviously, John Cleese is there. I don't know if I even know any others. If I were to sit here for three hours, I could probably come up with one or two more. So, do you have three hours? Um, I mean, I have them. Do I want to spend <laughs> them with you? Sure, that would be lovely. Do I want to spend them with you while you try and think of Monty Python cast members? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, this guillotine blade is very, very heavy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, hopefully it's sharp. Otherwise, it would probably be a little bit more painful. I think I'm just going to have to go with John Cleese as the one Monty Python member I can name. Going with it, John Cleese. John Cleese, uh, a a fine decision to go with at least one that you can name and you know for sure, uh, because that, you know, if you guessed someone who wasn't in Monty Python, of course, the blade would come down very, very quickly and very, very hard. And really, it's it's hasn't been used a lot this season, so it's a little bit dull, actually. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, well, well done on that part. Uh, so, yeah, Monty Python, uh, certainly John Cleese is a member of Monty Python, absolutely. Uh, the other members of Monty Python, in no particular order, just coming off the top of my head, Michael Palin, no relation to Sarah, uh, Terry Jones... <laughs> You got Eric Idle. You've got Terry Gilliam, who is uh, the. You're saying that I definitely know all. Sure. (laughs) And uh, of course, uh, the uh, answer that was the guillotine answer was uh, Graham Chapman, as you can see here. Graham Chapman was the guillotine answer. He was born in 1941. I think a lot of people might have been tempted to. Because he was the first to die, and therefore, you know, he seems younger, and maybe, oh, what the trick is, he's, he's actually the oldest. Uh, no. Uh, Terry Gilliam was born in 1940, uh, which was one year before Graham Chapman was born in 1941, but one member of Monty Python was born in 1939, and that would be Basil Fawlty himself, John Cleese. <laughs> Sometimes a little <laughs> bit of knowledge is all you need. All you need is love. Love is a many splendid thing. No, we're not going to go to that movie. Stick it here with Monty Python. (laughs) Huzzah, you are not an upper-class twit of the year. You get it right. You have doubled your score. Kelsey, that puts you at 20 points. Well done, 20 points, which, if my math is right and my list here is right, puts you ahead of Mr. Tim Edwards and into sixth place on our ladder. It's still a precarious position. But alive, you still be head intact and alive in the competition. That's really about all you can ask for when you leave the hot seat. Kelsey, your thoughts after all has been said and all has been done. You know, beating Tim Edwards is a real dream come true, so I couldn't have hoped for anything more. (laughs) Gauntlet thrown. Shots fired across the starboard bow. Uh, Kelsey, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything before I let you go that you'd like to pimp, shout out, and all that good stuff? Uh, the floor, as they say, be yours. 
Um, I've been doing some science communication slash comedy stuff, and I have a uh, guest appearance upcoming on a Twitch channel called Science the Show. It should be at the end of November, uh, date TBD at this time, but you are listening to me in the past. So, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> if you uh, up in the Facebook chat, the actual date and time, and it should be a good time, so check it out. Wow, I mean, Kelsey is uh, very good at science. She's, she's discovered tachyons that actually work. She's talking to us from the past. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I should be talking about memory, which is relevant to all of us who try to remember things and fail often, like me trying to remember the Monty Python. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yes, no deja vu here. You've got it all right. 20 points for you. Thank you so much for being with us here today. I hope to have you back uh, either in the semifinals or perhaps in future incarnations of this show. For those of you who want to join that Facebook group uh, for Beat My Guest that Kelsey was talking about, Beat My Guest, the fans' hot seat, you can join the community there. And if you want to support the cause, I ain't going to say no. Patreon.com slash Beat My Guest. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week with another competitor in the tournament. We'll see if Kelsey can hold on to her precarious spot in the semifinals. Until then, everybody, thank you for listening. Take care, and bye-bye. Did you beat our guest, or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This is absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todd, in production. <laughs>